Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Crash the Net. This is the 2020-2021 season, getting into the new uh, season of the 2021-2022 regular season. We're going to start off with the Lightning Second Stanley Cup in two seasons. I'm here with my guest, Dylan Sobo. You can get him on at Dylan Sobo on Twitter. Dylan, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hanging with you, Mike. Yep, it, we've been uh, huge Lightning fans, uh, but um, I'm also looking into a bunch of other teams and seeing how everything has transpired and seeing where everything's going to go. So um, the Lightning's second Stanley Cup in two seasons. A uh, bunch of people said after the first Cup in the 2019-2020 season that there should be an asterisk next to that Cup. Is that something that still concerns us, or does it uh, play right into this Cup season where we, where the Lightning have pretty much earned it? My opinion is I felt I have the integrity in the league, and I'm confident in their decision-making. If they felt any wrongdoing that was going on, whether you call it $18 million over the cap, however you have it, um, they would have done something about it before the playoffs even started, before we made a Stanley Cup run over again, and then handled it accordingly. And they felt no wrongdoing. We won the Cup. I don't see an asterisk. I put an asterisk on the Astros. I don't put an asterisk on the Bolts at all, no. Great. Um, so this is the second time in the cap era for a team to go back to back of course it was the 2016-17 penguins and the 2017-18 penguins to do that and um you know we went into getting sweeped as the president's trophy winners in 2019 the 2018-2019 season uh but we bounced back with two stanley cup victories and uh We've just had to deal with a a huge cap situation. Everybody was talking about being eighteen and a half or whatever over the cap space. Um, what are your thoughts on the people who were saying that we were over the cap and um, and if it really affected us or if it really affected the league? Reality is, is you check the stats from the end of the season. You, ch- you check what our cap was, what our fine was at the end of the season, and you can see almost half a dozen, even more than that, teams fine more heavily than we were. Um, the Islanders being one of them, the Bruins, I think, were the most fined regarding cap space. Yeah, it's just all the numbers. And then you look at a roster that the Penguins had when they went back-to-back and you just see straight up greatness. Obviously, Crosby, Malkin, um, Flurry, and Murray pair was on that for the goaltenders. And then, of course, the infamous HBK line: the Hagelin, Benino, and Kessel. Those were huge lines uh, from Pittsburgh. Huge lines and exactly what the Bolts had. We had our huge top line that didn't. We didn't really need to play that card, thankfully. But our third line that's now gone and our penalty kill and our power play just dominated 
the entire league. It was amazing to watch. Um, we would see from that first Stanley Cup victory when the Lightning played against the Stars. Uh, they could have ended it in Game 5, couldn't do it, uh, but was able to finish the Stars off in Game 6. Um, I've always wanted to ask this question to John Cooper. I don't know if he'll end up listening to this or if anybody um, will listen to what Cooper had to say. But in if you've watched Quest for the Cup, um, the Lightning's head coach, John Cooper, said in the locker room, he said, believe in the process. I want to know exactly what this process was and what it what it took for this team to overcome all the odds from the 2019 season where they were completely down and out after getting swept by Columbus and coming back to not just winning one cup, but two. I would love to know that answer from Cooper. Well, if you look at the players that have been on the roster a long, for a long period of time, Stamkos, Hedman, Point, McDonough, like you look at those guys that we've had for a lengthy, lengthy period of time. Johnson, Palat, who's still with us, Kalorn as well. Um, you look at those guys and you figure, okay, well, what was the process? So they were swept by Columbus that previous season. Geez, I want to say 20, 2018 or 2019. I can't remember. I was very forgettable. Very forgettable season. I think it's one well, that... Regardless of that, so there's the start of okay we have to come back and get through this then you have john's philosophy of his pre-games and the yoga before practices and things like that the majority of the team participate in and it's a hard freaking work to do what these guys do on a daily basis because i wake up and yes i do 45 minutes of yoga at night and i try for 20 minutes in the morning just for my daily self and a lot of times I don't want to do it. And I can feel it for these guys too. Millions of dollar pressure on your back, the public in your eye, like every five minutes of your entire life. And that would be the process. And you have a group of 20 guys, 25 who are paid. You have a group of 20 guys on a roster sitting on that bench come together as one. And they just play their hearts content and you pull out two Stanley Cups, in a, and one was in a COVID year, and the other was in this funky after-COVID year, That those are, in my opinion, the two hardest Cups to win. Yeah, that first Cup that was won in the 2019-2020 season when they were just in the bubble, and I believe it was in Montreal, I believe it was in the Bell Center, where um, the Lightning went six games against Dallas in the final. They weren't just there for... The finals. They were there. I think I want to say that at the end life. of that was it, their life. It was the end of the regular season, or if it or it was towards the end of the regular season plus playoffs. So they were away from their families. They were away from their friends. Uh, they were away from all their loved ones, and did the unthinkable. Yep. And won in isolation. And I believe in that entire period of time, I believe they swapped hotels one time. I yeah. believe they were only in two hotels, restricted to mainly just their rooms and their own teammate. Yeah. Man, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was losing my mind in my own house in quarantine. <laughs> Absolutely. It's insane uh, being in quarantine and just having to sit in your home and um, 
just wait and be patient with everything. I, I'm one of the most patient people, but like they're on a whole nother level. It it was really insane, uh, especially with this cup win. Everybody was saying eighteen and a half million over the cap. Um, I'd like to remind those people that said eighteen and a half mil over. That was a rule where the cap is no longer affected in the playoffs, and it was the Lightning and I believe the Vancouver Canucks who wanted to go against this rule, but everybody else was all for it. Yes, you're correct. It was us and Vancouver were the only teams who voted against the cap not being included in the playoffs. So when we had Islanders fans and Montreal fans saying $18.5 over, they were one of the ones who were for that playoff cap rule. This is, this is the NHL. The cap, you have to be compliant at the beginning of the regular season and at the end of the regular season. However, the cap is not included in the playoffs. Unless the board of directors for the NHL comes together and comes to a consensus that they need to amend the rule or change it or do whatever they need to do with it. That is the rule from now until the rule is changed. More ruling is uh, the new expansion team with Seattle. Um, how Vegas was exempted from this expansion draft. In my opinion, I thought that was ridiculous because they. I understand they're the league's baby and, like, you're the new team. They shouldn't have to give up one of their guys, so-and-so, what have you. But they should be accountable for a player just as much as all the other guys. And the fact that they got away with it was just so lucky, in my opinion. So lucky. But it's behind us, and Hopefully in the next expansion draft, they can suffer losing a, a Yanni Gord or a um, Joel Eberle. I don't think if we'll, we'll ever get to that point. I think 32 teams is exactly where they're going to go. Uh, I think this is exactly what they're staying with. I thought the league was talking about expanding overseas to like China and London. Uh, I don't know about that. I've just heard from previous experiences that Gary Bettman wanted to stick to 32 teams saying that okay now the teams are even now we can um now we can worry about a, a normal season with having an even number of teams and we don't have to worry about it for a little bit um but Seattle with its expansion draft came up with some big hitters at least for half of their picks um I did like the Jared McCann pick I like the Vince Dunn pick uh the Tyler Pitlick pick, um, Mark Giordano being picked up from Calgary, uh, Nathan Bastian being picked up from New Jersey, Kaya Yarncroak being picked up by Nashville, Yanni Gord, um, you know, we're always going to have that little bit of bias in there where we enjoyed having Yanni on the Lightning's roster and how big it was for him to win two cups and be in this organization for that long. But it is a really good pickup, and he's going to be one of the biggest stars on that roster. My favorites from the Seattle's draft. The sleeper pick I have was Dreger. 
I when they announced from the Panthers that they were taking Dreger, I was like, this is his spot. This is where this guy's gonna want to be. He's gonna want to play. The poor guy was sitting on Florida, and you have a coach like Quenville down there. And he's pulling everything out of his hat, and you never know which goaltender is going to be in the net. I know they pulled it in the playoffs, but you just wake up and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I'm playing. I, who knows? And all of a sudden, your pregame warm up, the first guy off the ice and practice, and down there is that's who's in net. And you might get pulled after two goals or what have you. This guy, Treasure, right here, he's going to be a, he's going to be a big role in the Seattle's team in their first season. And I love the Jets um, with Appleton. When Seattle took Appleton, I thought that was huge. That, that... I really feel like he's going to be very successful over there. And when you look at the other right-wingers that they drafted, Bastion, Everly, Lind, I believe, and um, I think Pick Picklick is right-wing and maybe Donskoy, but I feel like Donskoy might play a different position than that. All huge pickups. Like I, w- I yeah. was surprised. And that... if you have a guy like Appleton, out of all those guys, you you can see him possibly on the power play. Maybe not a penalty kill, but you definitely see him power play and maybe a one or two liner. Yeah, like I I was surprised with some of these picks. I'm surprised that Colorado left Donskoy wide open. Uh, Donskoy ended up getting picked up by Seattle. I'm surprised with Dallas leaving Oleksiak open. That was insane for me. That was wild. When um, they announced Alexiak, I was shocked. Well, I wasn't really aware of who they protected and who didn't. I didn't look into it. There's just so many people to memorize and remember. But when they announced somebody, my jaw just went, just dropped. Yeah. Like, um, uh, Jordan Eberle, I made a mistake with his first name earlier, but Jordan Eberle, that, when he was announced for the Highlander, I said, well, time to go, bud. Yeah, Mi- Minnesota left Carson Sosi wide open as well. I was surprised that Seattle picked up on Sosie. Blackwall from the Rangers. Um, I wasn't happy with him. I didn't really... I'm I'm a Rangers guy as well. I'm a Rangers and Kings guy. Obviously, they haven't done anything relevant in years. But um, the Rangers with Blackwall playing, I I wasn't impressed. I'm like, you can have him. I thought that was, uh, that was a joke. But... Um, yeah, they offered him. They offered him pretty low on the totem pole. I think it was like seven and a quarter. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're done with their moves yet, Seattle, because today they just let go of Gavin Bayreuther back to Columbus, and um, Columbus let him go in the expansion draft and just got him back. Like I don't know, two days later, on a two-year deal. That's a that's a steal. It's like uh, Seattle just gave up one of their picks for the most part. And even with the expansion draft this year, we also had to deal with the NHL draft. <clears throat> the Buffalo Sabres uh, selected a left-handed defenseman from Michigan. It's the first time that uh, a player out of the collegiate level has been picked in quite some time. Owen Power. Uh, thoughts on... Uh, defenseman from Michigan of all places um, I really like the fact that um, they're looking into more drafting out of the college route because it, it really isn't that popular I know I loved it from when I was in college watching D2 my D2 and D3 team play 
But um, yeah, it's super cool to see those guys progress and actually, you know, make it somewhere rather than just drafting out of um, the national team or the KHL or wherever else, the OHL, I believe some people get drafted out of. But yeah, it's good to see some college guys go aside from Minnesota, Duluth and all them. They're, they're pretty much professionals playing college. I think that they, the the college teams should be more involved as much as the AHL and OHL teams are because these are also young kids 18, 19, 20 years old uh, that are playing at the D1, D2 level that are wanting to play professional hockey, and I think that they should be given the option. Yeah, and even then you can go later rounds and stuff, and I have faith in, I love the NHL, and I have faith in everybody's development team. I don't know all of them personally, but I'm sure that those guys who they draft, like I'm seeing the Panthers over here taking a seventh round pick over from Arizona, and you got you got some some deep um, deep round picks over here that are being tossed around. There's a fit. Uh, another pick yeah, that I was sevens. Yeah, another pick that I was actually surprised with came out of the Montreal Canadiens selecting Logan Mayu, who said that he didn't want to be drafted originally because of uh, the scandal that he has going on right now. He didn't want to be drafted. Your thoughts? Well, when you look at the guy, he says, no, no, I, under- I understand coming from a guy like, I don't deserve to be drafted in this, but if a team wants to take a shot on you, that's on the the team at this point it's not on the player i don't blame logan i believe his last name is mayo in any shape of the imagination and clearly by admitting you don't want to be drafted that's pretty much admitting that you are at fault for your actions you know how to correct them you know what you have to do to correct them playing at this level and with this organization and if your organization backs you up 100 percent, hey man you know stick with them be thankful yeah i'm gonna I'm going to be on a somewhat similar route where it you can't just undeclare yourself from the NHL draft. That that's something that you it's not you're not capable of. You can't Well, you can just, verbally do it. You can't change anything like a contract-wise to like pull yourself out. Right. You can't just pull yourself out completely out of the draft. You can you can say for people to not draft you, but whether they listen or not is not up to you. That is, yeah, but I can be skating around and be like, I hope the Flyers don't pick me. I don't want to play for the Flyers. And you know what? If they pick me, hey, those are my brothers too. If that front office had that faith in me to pick me after I said don't pick me, I'm rolling with them. Yeah, I mean, that's that's your team. And that's where I'm for Montreal, but I'm also against them for doing it as well because they know that he's an offender. They know that he legally got himself into some trouble. I think it the right thing to do I want to say yeah to draft him, but don't have him do anything for at least a year. Give him a year or two to um get his legal standings all in order. Let him get himself and let him get the help he needs and then he can come back to the ice. It, it worst came to absolute worst like they do with the NFL draft. The guys can say, like, no, I'm going to go back to college and and play there for another year, and then I'll come back to the NFL draft. They can do the same thing with the NHL. He could have said, no, you know what, select, you know, I'll come back in another year or two. That would have been, that arguably could have been the right thing to do as well. They He didn't have to 
accept it. But you know, I I get it. It's the way the league is. It's the way that everything's run. Um, I'm I was just uh, as shocked like as everybody was on ESPN and NHL Network the whole nine. I was just as shocked as everybody else was. Yeah, that's what I said too when I when I heard his name announced. So I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. But uh, that's okay. That's the um, that's the publicity they wanted to put on themselves. It's the blame that they have to take from people, and hopefully there's a positive out of it. You know, this league's gone through a lot the last two years or so. Granted, Batman and all them in the front are doing the best that they can, but if that's the move Montreal wanted to make, that's the move Montreal wanted to make. And uh, now that the expansion draft is over and the NHL draft is over, we jump right into NHL's free agency. It is like Christmas right now for every team in the NHL. Christmas in July. It literally is Christmas in July. There is so much going on, so many trades, so many deals, um, so many UFAs, so many RFAs. Teams trying to get under the cap. And uh, it's just money just being just shipped away and the lightning are are you know at no fault like this is where they kind of need to shine at this point uh with being the back-to-back champs they were in a still are kind of in a pickle with their cap space situation as of today blake coleman barclay goodrow um tyler johnson all have been shipped off. Blake Holman signing. Well. Yep. Blake Holman signing with Calgary. He has a, a nice deal over there. Uh, Barclay Goodrow going to the Rangers. Tyler Johnson, of all people, going to Chicago in exchange for Brent Seabrook. You have thoughts on signing Seabrook? It. I love it. I'm one of the few, the proud man. I'm just like, I Tyler was bound to go you know he had his breakout year on the triplets line with Cooch and Palat and Tyler was just if he wasn't going to Seattle he was going somewhere in my mind and the fact that we pull a guy Brent Seabrook who I figured was Blackhawks through and through the man would never leave and here he is wearing blue I think that's the weirdest thing I'm gonna have to get used to is probably Seabrook in a blue and Johnson in a red but hopefully they both play well. I mean, Johnson, you know, the, I saw a lot of the Chicago fans saying that because he wasn't injured, he's going to bring them the Stanley Cup home. I'm like, yeah, good luck. Good luck. But, um, yeah, I think Brent on defense is going to be the, the forefront of this. And um, hopefully he can get some pucks to the net. Maybe we can get lucky with some deflections in front and power play or something. Brent Seabrook right now. Going in the dirty areas. Brent Seabrook right now is on LTIR, and I think that he's... Hey, we love those people. <laughs> yeah, we do. I'm going to end up saying that he stays on LTIR unless the Lightning want to make a deal for him and free up some more cap space. As of right now, though, he, Brent Seabrook's going to sit in long-term injured reserve, and uh, he'll prob- he, it's probably going to be the similar thing as... Ryan Callahan's contract where we traded him to Ottawa and Callahan just retired at that point. I think it's the same thing where Seabrook is as injured as he is right now. He'll probably be on LTIR and will either retire 
before the season or during the season, I don't think that it'll do anything for him. To hear, but I do but think I was thinking we were gonna pull an LTIR come playoff time and be like, <laughs> oh, "Here's playing now." You you have to figure though that the regular season starting soon, the man still isn't fully healed. It, What's wrong with him exactly? I don't I know. I believe much. it's a lower body injury. I'm not 100% sure. You can oh, correct you can correct that's me if I'm change. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but um Brent yeah, Seabrook is on long-term injured reserve. The regular season is going to start I want to say in the next 2 months, maybe month and a half. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, already. They're already. Yeah, start thinking about getting on that ice again. Yeah, they're already getting started for with dates for training camp, so I don't think that Brent Seabrook will be on the ice for that time period. I don't think he'll be on the ice in the regular season. I think that he retires at some point this season, and he'll probably go back to Chicago and have his name hung in the rafters in Chicago. It doesn't bode well but it doesn't do us bad that much either it frees up cap space for us that's the good thing uh the bad thing is that we pretty much gave up a player for nothing i, I mean you, you gotta do what you gotta do at this point to free up cap space uh coleman's gone goudreau's gone johnson's gone gord's gone um yep. we have to look it's all money it's all money out of savings and Got to start thinking about uh, getting into the plus side. Yeah, the Lightning have come a long way and um, now are dealing with their cap situation as much as they've let everybody else go. Uh, word has just came in today that the Lightning have re-signed uh, forward number 21 Braden Point to an eight-year $9.5 million contract. Huge for that organization. The man deserves it all. Every penny he deserves. That dude's a class act with the fans, a class act with you. Amazing stories that you have with the man. And all the best for him. No injuries. And just keep putting biscuits in the basket. I'm excited to see where he goes uh, forward in his career. Seeing him signing for eight more years, he started in the 2016-17 season, I want to say. Either that or it's... Pretty much. That sounds about right. Right around when Pittsburgh was excelling. Uh, I witnessed him starting his first game against the Florida Panthers on Vinny LeCavier night at Emily Arena. It was uh, a shock to see him... You know, scoring in scoring his uh first shootout goal, uh where he is also kind of known for being a shootout goal artist, along next to uh Florida's Alexander Barkov, who is they're pretty similar in that stature. Oh yeah, he is that man. I can't stand him just because of how good he is in that shootout in overtime. Every time we go to overtime against Florida, that's always a nasty one. You always got to hear Barkov's name being called on that on that uh, PA. Uh, ugh, it's not a not not pleasant. No, like there there's just been so many moves as of late. The Oilers just gave up Jujar Kyra, uh, who signs a two year nine hundred seventy five thousand dollar deal with Chicago. Power to you to be able to pronounce that mess. <laughs> that it it was insane to just 
he he was such an asset to Edmonton just to see him let signed with Chicago. It's crazy. Uh, the Canucks signs Van Berchie to Vegas on a one year two way contract for seven hundred fifty thousand. Uh, a lot a lot of moves being made today. The Flames signing Nikita Zadorov in exchange for a twenty twenty two third round pick. Flames are gonna look nasty having Zadorov and Blake Coleman. Yep, Flames are going to be a dangerous team this year, for sure. For sure, the Flames and even um, the Coyotes added some good good people. Um, former Bolt and Panther, Anton Strawman, got signed by them. Uh, and then I saw you that think earlier. about the dudes they picked up earlier, Shane Gostaspear, and then you get Andrew Ladd from the Flyers and the Islanders. I mean, just with those guys alone, I mean, what you have to dump? A dude who's on his way out. Now, where's that list? There it is. Um, in here... It's insane to see, too, because uh, Arizona's making some power play moves. Garland just signed his deal with Vancouver. They just let go of any Hinestroza. Yeah, there it is. Oliver Ekman Larson, they let go in Connor Garland. And yeah, you absolutely. Let go of those two guys, and you pick up your guys like Jay Beagle um, and Erickson. Jeez, they're set. They're set. Coyotes are gonna be nasty. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you saw you. You said that you're a Rangers guy. Did you hear about your pal uh, Pavel Buchnevich? Yeah, over to the Blues. Four-year, twenty-three point two million dollar contract over to the Blues organization. Yeah, but the Rangers got nothing from it. I mean, they got, what, Sammy in the second, I think is what I was saying. Yeah, but still, the the Blues definitely won on that contract. They oh, definitely won. Uh, Tony D'Angelo also being bought out by the Rangers. What do you think about that? Tony D'Angelo being bought out by well, the New York Rangers organization. Who was it? Was Shattenkirk also bought out? Did he have his... Contract I, bought out by the Rangers. Do you I remember? believe his contract expired and he was on the open market. Ew. I can't remember who it was. I know there was somebody. Maybe it was Girardi. It was one of them. One of the like like, a, like an old Rangers player. I believe it was and Girardi. They had their contract bought out and then all of a sudden goes off every single game that they played against them. <laughs> it's... That's insane. How might we end? So wherever Tony D'Angelo lands, I don't know exactly, but the storm's coming. Yeah, some big power moves. Alec Martinez stays in Vegas on a three-year, $5.25 million contract. They needed him to stay. Alec Martinez has been a powerhouse for Vegas. I expected him to stay. I didn't expect him to move. I expected him to look at the open market and see what was available, but I didn't see him moving from Vegas. I one of the trades that I'm loving that's kind of quiet is Fogel over to Oilers. Yeah, I, I like that trade as well. I um uh, yeah, yeah, like I'm I'm very, very pleased with that to to just see him go over there. He's gonna do damage over there for Edmonton. It's going to be a yeah. huge, huge boost for them. I love it. I wish Edmonton went farther in this run, in this um, playoff run, than they did. Uh, when they got shot down, and like I, I want to say it was like the first or second round, 
man, it was just such a disappointment. I, I, I love to see Dry Seidel succeed. I don't really care for uh, McDavid or not. I mean, he's great, but the guy I really want to see succeed is Dry Seidel, and it's just not happening. Dry Seidel scored 32 goals this season, one behind Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid definitely. I want to see him succeed over there. I want to see him succeed over in Edmonton. I want to see them in the playoffs. What a does, deep run. A deep run. Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah. That that organization deserves it. Like that is the clo- he's the closest player on that team to get anywhere near a Wayne Gretzky. Yep, and then I was just about to mention Wayne Gretzky to be honest, but you're playing over in that arena. And as in a player's standpoint, you look up into those rafters and you just have Gretzky's numbers glaring down at you. Like that like just that arena just screams success. There is no way the dude's legendary. There is no way that this team doesn't go anywhere with without McDavid. Because McDavid is pretty much the heart and soul of that organization. There is no way. Yep. I mean, how many? He, you said he had like 30, 33 goals, right? Because it was one behind. Yep, thirty-three Dreisaitl. goals. Yeah. So that must be. I mean, you you look at the organization as a whole. That must be about maybe a quarter, if not a third, of that team's goals in total. Yeah, and then it's... you have a guy like Drysital that adds another thirty on top of that, which accumulates to roughly half their goals. And it's insane. for these guys to just like cop out in the second round, it, it's just heartbreaking. And I feel for those fans too. Yeah, they're they're all good people over there in Edmonton. Landlocked is all get out, but man, good people. Yeah, I'm I'm very. Uh, I don't know if you remembered hearing about it, but I believe it was last season or two seasons ago where Connor McDavid was asking for a trade or to be released from the Oilers organization. Nope, doesn't ring a bell. I remember hearing about it. I think it was like a year or two ago. He was asking to be either traded or released. I could be wrong, but I remember hearing about it, or it was a big rumor. So um, I feel like you're right. I feel like it had something to do with like a rumor, like something that he said because he was like unhappy or whatnot. He, he but that that fell through. Unless it fell through because no team could afford him, it, it could have been a mixture of things. He's reminding me. At least Vladimir Tarasenko now is reminding me a lot of that, where he's unhappy with St. Louis, and I, I'm shocked that Seattle didn't pick him up. Yeah, that could be. Uh, I'm really shocked that Vladimir Tarasenko wasn't picked up by St. Louis or by St. Louis by Seattle at all. Yeah, here's a nasty one that that's that slid under the rug for me at least. When was this, like four days ago? Cam Atkinson from Columbus with a Voracek from the Flyers. One for one. Yeah. I believe it and was... Uh, I actually like it. I think Cam Atkinson's going to be really successful over there for the Flyers. I feel like the I feel like the Flyers did win the trade, um, but Voracek is a powerhouse over there. Voracek has... But I just don't think the Jackets have enough pieces to be able to make him as successful as he could be. No, because as we saw here, Edouard Belmar uh, came over to Tampa on a two-year, $1 million contract. So they now lost out on... Now Columbus lost them, 
Um, lost Cam Atkinson, lost David Savard. I mean, who's next to go from that organization? They already got rid of their head coach. Which team is this? Columbus. They got rid of John Tortorella earlier oh, this season. Oh, yeah, they got rid of Torts. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, who knows? This, this team's uh, about as good as a dumpster fire right now. <laughs> so now they got Jacob Voracek and Patrick Laine. Yeah, there's a start. I mean, it's a start. I, I don't know what Laine is going to do next season it's very hard to tell because you saw how he was after Tortorella got under his skin on the bench yeah. <laughs> but it's hard to see who is going to be over there and what what he's going to do on that uh, on that team for that organization the the Leafs are another team that are going to end up struggling John Tavares ended up leaving uh, the season due to injury yeah Hyman just left Hyman just left. Biggie. Yep, Zach Hyman just signed with the Oilers for seven years for a five and a half million dollar contract. Insane. That was one of the players that Toronto really didn't want to let go of either. And then the Leafs just let go of Freddie uh, Freddie Anderson to Carolina. Carolina picks him up on a two year deal for four and a half million. So Carolina is starting to look even. Uh, more of a powerhouse than they are. Yep. Ryan's, and I think, what was their recent get as well, Toronto? Was it McCann? Yeah, Jerry McCann. Jerry McCann from Pittsburgh, I believe. Yeah. Yep, I'm seeing it right here. And they sent um, a seventh as well. Philip Highlander and seventh. Right. Ryan Suter just went to Dallas. Dallas is going to get some key pieces. Holtby went to Dallas as well. So there's there's a few key pieces that Dallas is going to pick up. They're going to have Holtby as the backup to uh, Hudobin. So they have not just a good starting goaltender, but they have a good backup as well. Uh, Holtby being a Vesna Trophy winner and always a Vesna Trophy finalist. So definitely cool for Dallas to have not just their starter, but pretty much a stacked goaltender situation. That's going to be huge for them. Massive. And um, this one, actually, just in, it actually just popped up on my Twitter right now. Vladar over to Calgary, and it seems like they sent them a third-round pick, the Bruins. That's wild. Not the Minnesota wild. That's wild. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just wild. Alexander. Let's not not jinx it. I mean, it's still July. (laughs) Alexander Wenberg goes to Seattle on a three-year contract for $4.5 million, along with Blues' Jaden Schwartz. Jaden wow. Schwartz from the Blues, Blues leaves the Blues organization and signs with the Seattle Kraken on a five-year, $5.5 million contract. Wow, that'll help out Seattle a little bit. I mean, these guys are basically an AHL team right now, and you got to start adding some big pieces to be able to make a name for yourself. Yeah. Do you, Mikey, do you think that Seattle is going to be able to jump into the season and make as big of an impact as Vegas did? Think about it. With how Vegas came into the league, they came into the league their first season with hardly anybody. The only big names that I remember were like Jason Garrison and Marc-Andre Fleury, William Carlson. 
these guys all became starters except for Garrison. Garrison who just didn't, went to the AHL level. They had Pacioretty early they, on. They too, still have Max well. Pacioretty. Vegas went to their they went to the Stanley Cup final their first season as a team. They went their first season as a team and pretty much had to go through five goaltenders due to injury. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So And then their head coach, it was um Gerard Gallant, Gallant. still, right? Mm-hmm. Gallant left for New York, I believe. Yeah, it started as Gallant. And now they have that uh, dude from the Sioux, I believe, is their head coach, um, Haxall. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, I, I definitely don't have them in the Stanley Cup, that's for sure. So they might shock you. Seattle's got even better players than Vegas did when Vegas first started. They have Yanni Gord, who's going to be a tremendous, tremendous uh, player on their front end. He's probably going to be their first-line center. Expect, if we're going to have a regular season, like an 80-game season, expect him to have at least 35 goals that season. For that organization. Wow. I'm expecting Gord to do big things for Seattle. Mark Giordano... If you looked at the stats from Calgary, Mark Giordano, Sean Monahan, and Johnny Goudreau were the top three goal scorers for that organization for the past three seasons. There's no way that Giordano comes into that, comes into Seattle's organization, and doesn't do anything. I would be shocked if he doesn't do anything. Oh, right. Yep, and right. Dougie Hamilton just, uh, he signed, I believe it was either last night or earlier this morning, signed with New Jersey Devils on a seven-year, $60 million contract. Yeah, that's, that's all I saw this morning was Dougie Hamilton this, Dougie Hamilton that. Dougie Hamilton, who I believe started with Carolina, traded to yep. Vegas, who went to New Jersey. I believe that's the way it went. That's in, insane for, for this guy's uh, for what he's done and what he's been doing for the league. He puts up insane numbers, so the Devils got a good one there. Yeah, yeah, the Devils definitely got a good one. Uh, Philadelphia's Brian Elliott is now a uh, bolt. He landed as the Lightning's backup goaltender earlier today on a one-year $900,000 contract. Yeah, had to. McElhinney didn't cut it. He's not going to cut it. He's never going to cut it. I'm much happier with Moose. I'm happier with I'm happier with Elliot as well. McElhinney and him have the same, I believe it's the same goals against average, but uh, Elliot's save percentage is definitely better. Uh, I yeah, be- but you also look at, um, I believe he was on that Blues Cup run, if I'm not mistaken, with Jake Allen and himself. I don't know if it was Brian Elliott or Blake Elliott, or I'm thinking of somebody else. It might be. No, it, was, it was definitely Brian Elliott, because Brian Elliott is the Moose. His right. nickname is the Moose, and I specifically remember him on that roster. Right. But he's got the capability to start deep in the playoffs, to get a win deep in the playoffs. Yeah. Bassey definitely needs help, for sure. But also, if Bassey gets that help, 
he'll last longer in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because sure. you, you can't. I mean, the man, God bless that man, for real. But you can't start every single game, night in, night out, get a win, come back the next day, get a win, and not get tired. Exactly. It's insane, like, all the moves that have been made today and over the past few days. Uh, another big move that I, that was huge that I noticed really quickly was the Seth Jones trade to Chicago. Chicago picks up a 2021 first-round pick and a 2022 sixth-round pick in exchange for Adam Boakfist. Wow, I love that guy. And Seth Jones immediately after he was traded signed an eight year seventy six million dollar contract with Chicago. Yeah, you showed that you wanted him real bad. <laughs> oh yeah. An eight year contract straight out the gate. Well, we did you one better. Another eight year contract was done today by the Tampa Bay Lightning by forward Brayden Point, signing that nine and a half million dollar contract. Insane. For the Lightning organization, expect him to, after Stamkos, I believe after his, con- after his contract's up, I'm going to say Braden Point becomes the new captain. Yeah, yeah. I, I sent it in a text message once or twice tonight as well. But and also without any experience as alternate, unless if he gets it picked up along the line. That could be too. It could but, be Hedman. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna have to bump bump some people around. I mean, but, it, uh, it, yeah, there haven't been that many captains in Lightning history, to be quite honest. Uh, well, in their short history. Right, we had, um, we had Dave Andrichuk. I yeah, believe it was Marty Sandri after. And then straight from Andrichuk. Maybe Vinny? I can't remember if Vinny ever yeah, wore the C. It, it, I think Vinny did wear the C. I think Martin St. Louis uh, had the A at some point. And then Stamkos got the A and became captain himself. Had a yeah. lot, a lot of moves. Yeah, what a beauty. What a and, beauty. And it's insane. Like um, He's running the elites there. That's for sure. Absolutely. Two out of the three of those guys are up in the Raptors. And it's amazing to see, even in this weird, weird season that we had, um, how these goals, goal scorers came out. Um, Sidney Crosby ended up with 24 goals on the season, and Brandon Point not far behind him at 23. Sidney Crosby being in the league for so long and Point just being there, it's incredible. As well as uh, the top five goal scorers of this season, uh, Kirill Kaprizov had twenty seven goals from Minnesota. Uh, amazing that they, amazing, amazing athlete, amazing player, uh, great asset for Minnesota. From Montreal, Tyler Toffoli with twenty eight goals on the season. Uh, Colorado's Miko Rantanen with thirty. Uh, Chicago's Alex DeBrinkett with 32, tying Leon Dreisaitl. And uh, the number one goal scorer of the 2020-2021 NHL regular season being Connor McDavid. Surprised? I'm not. Yeah, 
No, not at all surprised. That dude's fantastic. It's. It, and his and like from a from a hockey standpoint, the man's stick handling is second to none. Absolutely, I'll I'll put him. Uh, he's part of the new school. Um, you saw Alex Ovechkin just signed his new contract. I believe it was a five year deal. I think that after that contract expires, you can expect Alex Ovechkin to retire from the league. Um, Sidney Crosby yeah, eventually yeah. will. Um, I'll give him at least another five years as well. Stamkos is on his way out. He's got another three, maybe four years left on his contract. Um, he'll probably retire at the end of um, this last contract that he had. He was very tempted by Toronto the last time that his contract expired, but he chose to stay with Tampa. Um, I remember that, man. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if Stamkos played on Toronto, how awful... It would have been if you you sit and watch the Lightning succeed as much as they did. Oh. And you're thinking to yourself, that could have been me, you know, and it's not. It's, oh, oh. Yeah, I mean, look at what Toronto's been going through with getting John Tavares. Tavares played for the Islanders, was their captain, led them to, not championships, but led them to a lot of great wins in, in their history. And he said, hey, I want I want to play. Yeah. To the Bolts. Yeah. (laughs) He said, I wanted to play for my hometown. You're like, you're doing great. Oh, you play the Bolts. Oh, uh, time to clock out. Yeah, and then he went and played for his hometown team in Toronto. And uh, I think that he should have stayed with the Islanders organization. If he did, he would have went to the Eastern Conference final this season. Plain and simple. I think it was a little weird this season also with the way the the divisions and conferences played out. How Canada pretty much had its own division. And they didn't open up until playoffs for the most part. Pretty much. Pretty much until the playoffs. And even then they still kept in close quarters. And then once the Stanley Cup final happened, they're like, okay, well now you're playing basically interconference. And you gotta make some changes, but even then they still prevented a lot of families from seeing the players. And um, I think they kept the bolts in a hotel for the most part the entire time. I don't know how much they saw of their families during that that stint, but thankfully it only took five. So yeah, it was like being back in the bubble. That's how I felt as well. I felt I felt those guys for sure. But thankfully we had more bubble experience than uh, than the Canadians did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had a lot more fans in attendance at Emily Arena than they did in the Bell Center. I believe oh, that. For sure. I believe for that sure. the Bell I was Center. Shocked to see as many Canadians fans as I did in Emily Arena when it was a spotty, maybe I wouldn't say more than ten Reds a section. Right, I believe that there should have been more fans. I, I agree with John Cooper of the Lightning. I believe that. You know, Montreal should have had all of their fans in attendance. It's not every day that they go to the Stanley Cup final. So yeah. they, they yeah, sh- their fans really, should have enjoyed it. Were they the ones that said, okay, we're going to allow like 400 some odd healthcare workers or whatever it was? Um, I don't think it was and that. I, and I, that was the only attendance they had because that's what it looked like. I think they did a mixture of that and fans because I think 
I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me. I think it was 5,300 people in attendance. I think it was 5,300 people in attendance. I don't think they upped it at all. I, there was All the people that were outside the Bell Center should have been inside the Bell Center. Let's just put it that way. Because their social distancing didn't really make any difference inside or outside. It's like you still have a massive group of people. Yeah. And it's either you're a massive group of people that close together inside or you're that massive of a group of people outside. Right. Absolutely. It's insane. We're going to take a look at where we believe things are heading next season after the draft, after the expansion draft, after um, after we've seen from free agency, what can we expect to see out of the league from next season? I don't know. I would say, in my opinion of it, I would say just roll with punches. You know, if they have to make changes, they make changes. But I, as far as the vibes I'm getting, they're going to make it as close to normalcy as possible, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Do you, you have and any thoughts? If it or... backfires, it backfires. You have any we'll, thoughts? or pre- We will live on. Do you have any thoughts or predictions on uh, Stanley Cup already? Who we want? Who, oh, who... man. Who we expect to see in the finals, or who we even Stanley expect Cup to see? Finals. Or who I'm, we... I'm rolling with normal divisions here, so I'm rolling with if the divisions are normal. Man, I, I can't. I'm not giving up on the hope of the three time of the three feet. So I'm a roll here right off the bat. Coyotes, Bulls. I admire that, but with the Bolts losing a lot of key pieces, I'm going to give them two years before they're back in it. They have to grow with Cal Foote. They're going to have to grow with Alex Barbelay. They're going to have to grow with uh, their new players in the organization, Dylan Duke. They're going to have to grow. Uh, not grow so much. There's not going to be that much growing pains, or that many growing pains, but um, there will be some. I'm going to go ahead and say Carolina, and I'll say Colorado. Yeah, I was thinking of Colorado too, but every time I pick Colorado, it ends up as a bust. So I was changing gears. Yeah, I was. I was surprised they didn't go further. I would have loved to see them against the Bolts last season or this previous season, or I would have loved to see Vegas go all the way again, but. You know, beggars can't be choosers. We saw the Lightning defeat the Montreal Canadiens. And we saw the Lightning beat up on the Stars. So, um, we'll expect to see a very different... Hard-fought East, that's for sure. Absolutely. I'll a definitely... hard-fought East. I'll, Nothing is going to be given to you. On I'll definitely expect gotta, to see... you got to literally fight for everything you got, you have. And that goes for every organization, whether you're starting out with new guys or you're trying to bust it out with vests like uh, like the Bruins, the um, the Islanders, those guys. Bruins picked and up some good players. Bruins picked up some good players in Eric Howell and uh, Tomas Nosek, so expect them to be a little dangerous next season. Yeah, um, they're up there. If the bolt if the bolts don't don't pull it far, it's it's probably going to be 
the Bruins, Carolina, like you're saying. No. I don't know if the Devils have it yet. I don't know if the Devils have it in them yet, but they'll have it in them soon. The problem that I have with them, and you know me as well as you do, that is my hometown team. So they, I still have them at heart. I know where their I know where their problems lie, and it's n- not just the players; it's on them drafting. They don't know how to draft. They'll get the first round pick and then just forget that they have picks. That and when they do draft players, they don't they don't use their farm league. They don't use uh, their AHL affiliate. They don't use the Binghamton Devils as much. We saw that with Corey Schneider being sent down there. And where is he now? Jeez, I don't know. Andy, I, I actually forgot about him, to be honest. Like, like, for them, Andy Green, they let go of Andy Green and he went to the Islanders, and the Islanders are still holding on to him. He just signed a new contract, I believe. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Andy Green just signed a new contract. It was either like a four- or five-year deal. But I'm, I'm expecting it. Um, Who's their captain nowadays? Nico Hishier. Oh, that's right. That was that one organization they posted it, and I was so confused why they picked him. That was their first-round pick from three seasons ago, I believe. See, I when I grew up a Devils fan, I grew up with the, the Devils greats, Ken Danico, um, Scott Niedermeyer, uh, Joe Neuendijk, uh, Bobby Holik, Martin Brodeur, uh, Jay Pandolfo. I grew up watching those guys, and you're the Devils organization is never, probably never gonna have another team like that. So I'm, I hope that in the future that they're able to get back to that kind of uh, organization where they can believe in their players and believe in their drafting process. But as of now. That's all I got for today. Dylan, you got anything else? I have nothing else. I mean, it's been a pleasure. I definitely think we should do this sometime soon, probably maybe before the start of the season or preseason, something like that, but it would definitely be fun to catch up. I agree with you. Definitely going to be fun to watch. We're definitely going to check up again. We're going to let everybody see uh, exactly what we got going on. I am starting to... Uh, get into the process of creating apparel so bear with me and tell me your your guys thoughts uh send us a tweet on twitter um send me a message directly on twitter at nhl mike 94 uh i'm coming up with black shirts kind of looking like the rangers jerseys as of late uh diagonally across the chest red white and black lettering saying crash uh, probably looking at black shorts with a red trim with uh, the Craftsonet logo on the front. So expect to see those roll out in the coming months. I'm definitely going to be looking at an artist for that. Please keep a lookout. And don't forget, for all the hockey players out there, especially if you're a defenseman, crash the net.